Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode fifty one, T minus one month till week one of the NFL season when the Chiefs Lions kick off Thursday night football. Man, we're excited. Another preview this week. Uh, we got the South, man. AFC, NFC South. Last week we gave our top ten QBs. This week we're going to give our top ten wide receivers heading in to twenty twenty three and our predictions for them as well so we're gonna jump right into it man let's start you want to start afc nfc today Mm, i think i did afc first so we could just do afc all right man so let's jump in man afc starting it off i guess i'll start it off this week man fourth place it was a little tough bottom of this division to be honest with you man but I think I'm a rock with Anthony Richardson and the Colts, man, in last place at five and twelve. I uh, just the Colts, man, question marks around JT and his commitment. Uh, they came out or say said they didn't want to pay Taylor, so he's holding out. When will Anthony Richardson actually play? What we see in Week One, they got some weapons between Pittman, Alec Pierce, but to the Colts roster depth, I mean, there's really nothing there besides those two guys on the outside and, you know, the unproven ability of Richardson probably going to be an electric player to watch on the field. Might squeak out a couple games here and there, but really the ceiling isn't too high, especially with JT just being that huge question mark right now. I mean, they picked up Kenyon Drake just for assurance, but I mean, come on, man. Colts 5-12, and 12, I think that's will they'll be at the end of the season. Okay, yeah. Um I'm I actually have the same exact record for the Colts at five and twelve. But I have the Texans at four and thirteen. So I have them in fourth place. Okay. Um I think CJ Stroud, rookie quarterback coming in and running the show, I think he'll be a solid option at QB. But when you look on that offensive side of the ball, like Damian Pierce is their best weapon and in terms of like you know NFL rosters and talent, it's just really not us there on offense. They got an okay offensive line. Lemmy Tunsil will be there. Titus Howard, I think, although I just think he got injured today in camp, but a solid O line defense. It's young. Demico Demico Ryan's will definitely come in and help improve that unit. Uh, they got Stingley on the outside. Jalen Petrie, a really solid young safety, and they just drafted Will Anderson. So there's some names. There's some talent on that side of the ball. But I just think it's a, a pretty young team overall on both sides of the ball. And I think you'll see a lot of growing pains for this Texans team. So I got them at 4-13. and 13. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of going back and forth. I almost put Texans the same record, 5-12. and 12. But I got them 6-11. and 11. You mentioned those young guys. Derek Stingley, one of the better young corners in this league. Paramount with a you know veteran presence and Shaq Griffin on the outside who's kind of been there, been a solid corner his whole career. You bring in Jimmy Ward, D'Amico Ryan's guy. You bring in Dalton Schultz, new addition. Robert Woods, you know, with all his injuries and stuff like that. If he has a healthy year, we know he could be a solid you know thousand yard receiver in this league. Mm, at this point in his career, maybe I not. Think those days yeah. are behind him. Maybe, maybe but, I mean, like he could be a veteran president. Yeah. I think he'd get the 800, man. I don't, but I, I don't think Robert would I only think that's possible if he's fully held, like, which is very, you know, slim at this point. He's but like, what, mid-30s? Yeah. No, I think he's older than that. 
either way, you know, veteran wide receiver. They draft John Mechie the third. Solid pickup. And then you yeah, sat out all last year. Yeah. Like uh cancer, I think. Something like that. It would you you might be right, yeah. Um but he comes into the picture, young receiver. And then you mentioned Will Anderson, you know, one of the better uh linemen, D linemen coming into this draft and his ability uh just coming out kind of pro ready. So you might see him make a couple big plays early on in the year. And then CJ Stroud, obviously, we gotta see what he can do at the quarterback position. I just give them the upper upper edge. Just barely, man. I, I don't know what it is, but I give them that six wins, just one game over the Colts. So I got I got the Texans in third. So um I got the Colts in third and just mentioned I have them at the same record at five of twelve. Uh, the QB position, Anthony Richardson, we kind of touched on it before in this podcast earlier going through the draft and stuff. Uh, the upside is pretty much sky's the limit. He has all the upside there is, all the physical tools you want as a quarterback. Just can he, you know, put it all together? Can he process the game correctly and make all the decisions and the throws you want your quarterback to make? Just a young quarterback on a team that has an okay roster. I think there's going to be some learning curves. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor. Hopefully, he'll be there at the start of the season. Pittman and Alec Pierce, they draft Josh Downs, receiver out of UNC. Solid little option there. I think the weapons on the Colts are a lot better than the Texans, so I'll give them the edge there. O-line is going to be solid as well. You know, they like to run the ball, solid O-line. And then when you look on the defensive side of the ball, they lost Stephon Gilmore. That'll be a pretty huge hit. One of the best corners in the league. Although he's getting up there in age, he's still one of the better corners. But I like this D-line and linebacker core with Shaq, Shaq Leonard. He's back fully healthy. DeForest Buckner, solid, solid option on that D-line. And I think the big um difference here for the Colts will be Shane Steichen coming over from the Eagles. Um, He's had some history with Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts, and he kind of helped make both of those quarterbacks into what they are today. So, if he can do that same thing with Anthony Richardson and kind of get them on that, get him on that same trajectory as those two young quarterbacks we've seen in this league have success, I think the Colts could have a bright future. But for now, with the first year, I think there'll be a few bumps in the road, and I got them at five and twelve. Yeah. Um. For second place, man, I got the the Tennessee Titans coming in at eight and nine. You know, I could see them winning nine games, but. Most likely under that double digits, in my opinion. QB question marks, obviously. We know they have veteran Tannehill who can do it. Malik Willis, they're not buying into him. Will Levis has impressed so far in training camp. Uh, word on the street. So who's going to be that QB? Is it you know probably going to be Tannehill to start and then maybe Levis to finish? But at that point, you're kind of shaking things up, kind of giving up on playoff contention and you know hopes. Unless they rock with Tannehill the whole year, stays healthy, and then they pair him up, you know, they get D-Hop, and then they get Traylon Burks probably coming back this year. You know, had a solid rookie season when he was on the field. Um, and then, you know, defensively, they got Jeffrey Simmons, one of the best on the defensive side of the ball. Derrick Henry, I mean, obviously one of the best backs, if not the best back in the league, considering all the coverage he gets in the boxes, seeing seven eight man sometimes in that box we know what he can do with the football in his hands he's put the team on his shoulders to win games before you probably see him do it again this year but you had d hop as an extra element 
We'll see if that really is a factor because we know the Tennessee Titans just be run heavy, not really throw. Wide receivers get no love in that system. So we'll see if they switch it up a little bit this year. I just don't think their ceiling's too high, especially with that QB situation. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. I also have the Titans coming in at 8-9. and nine. Like you mentioned, solid roster. Few no names around, but I think the biggest thing for this team will be Mike Rabel. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the league. You know the Titans will be a well-coached team. You know exactly how they want to play football. They're going to play that, you know, smash mouth, run the ball, hit hard on defense, pound the rock on offense. That's just their identity. And I think they lean into it more and more this season, especially with that quarterback position you mentioned, Tannehill. He's getting a little older, injuries last season. What is he at this point in his career? And then you mentioned Malik Willis. We saw him last year. Not too sure how much the team believes in him at this point, although I've had heard, you know, he's having a decent camp. He's shown some improvements. And then Will Levis, their second-round draft pick last year, I believe, has the upside, has the talent. Can he just, you know, put things together? So you mentioned it could be a, you know, revolving door there in the cube, at the quarterback position. Around Besides the quarterback position, you mentioned Dan Henry. He's, you know, been consistently one of the best rushers in the football league. D-Hop, solid receiver, but both of these guys are kind of at the, you know, tail ends of their career, getting up there in age. Can they produce and be healthy like they were in years past? Yet to be seen, I think the Titans will be, you know, a solid middle-of-the-pack team just based off coaching and talent they have around their quarterback. What was your record for him? Same as you, 8-9. and nine. Oh, Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And then, obviously, that leaves us with one team left. The Jacksonville Jaguars, man. I got them going 10-7, and seven, winning the AFC South. You get Calvin Ridley back. Uh, Christian Kirk coming off a huge, probably his best year he's had in the league. Travis Etienne, you know, with his connection with him and T-Law coming out the backfield. They got a strong linebacker crew on defense. But other than that, it's kind of like question marks. You know, they really don't have a front. Front uh, D-line in the back end is a little shaky as well. So the defense is probably going to lose them some games here and there. T-Law coming off, you know, a really good year, especially second half after struggling to start the 2022 season. Expect him to bounce, you know, or continue his run. But, you know, 10-7, and seven, I think there's going to be some, you know, more growing pains as their, you know, second year in a true system with Trevor Lawrence. Calvin Ridley's going to make it explode. I mean, they're going to win the South, in my opinion, with no problem, but question is how far can they go and when those games get close can we see them do it on a consistent basis where they can close out uh, I know we saw the Chargers their ch- Chargers come back in the wild card game but we'll see this year you know if they could keep it going 10 and 7 for the Jags winning that South division all right well you know I've been the known Trevor Lawrence and Jack supporter on this show dating back to last season. You know, I was ahead of the curve, and it looks like Facts. I'm there again. I'm higher on them by one win. I got them at 11-6. I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, builds, like you mentioned, builds off of that elite second half of the season. And this year, he takes that leap into becoming a true number one franchise elite tier quarterback. The weapons around, you touched on them, man. I mean, they literally revived Evan Ingram's career, you know, all the memes and stuff of him in New York, can't catch a ball, he sucks, this and that, goes down to Jacksonville, 
becomes one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. He's back. They add Calvin Ridley. We've seen the training camp videos. We've seen the explosiveness. We know the talent he has. Can he come back and be consistent? <clears throat> and then you mentioned everyone else. Travis Etienne, his weapons all around. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. There's some solid options on the offensive side of the ball for Trevor Lawrence. And then when you look at the defense, I agree with you. This is where the questions come in. I don't think they'll have any problems scoring the ball and running that offense. But defense, I mean, it's a it's a younger group. You saw even in the playoffs, even though they came back and won in the first half, you know. <clears throat> Trevor, not Trevor Lawrence, excuse me. Justin Herbert was throwing all over him, scoring at ease. Austin Eckler was getting busy. So that defense definitely has some question marks. But you got some young pieces. The number one overall pick three years ago at this point, I guess, or two years ago, Trayvon Walker. You got Josh Allen, another another high draft first round pick. Tyson Campbell, a solid, solid corner out there on the outside. You mentioned linebacker core, Devin Lloyd. So there's some decent young pieces on this team. It's just, you know, can they continue to improve? Can they get better? I agree where you said, you know, the defense will probably be the reason they lose a couple games. They'll be in some shootouts and maybe the other team just has the ball last. But I think the Jabs, the Jags, excuse me, will be a competitive team in the AFC playoffs, and I think they should look to win a playoff game or two. Yeah, I, I said that front front defensive side wasn't so good. I, I I forgot, man, that boy Josh Allen over there. You know, he's yeah. He's a bit I mean, of a dog. they've invested some you know draft yeah. capital in that D line. It's just no one's taking that elite elite step yet. I mean. Josh Allen, I don't think he's really young at this point. He's been in the league for four or five years. A solid pass rusher, but Trayvon Walker, a freak athletically, definitely still has some growing to do. Tyson Campbell, I think he's going to his third year, maybe fourth, third year. So he's still young, but I think the defense definitely has room to improve where the offense will probably be one of the best in the league. Tyson Campbell, 23. Josh Allen, 26. Yeah. Seven sacks for Allen. So, you know, not superstar numbers, but those are, it's those good, are good pass yeah. rushers. Yeah. Especially if you can get a little more production from Trayvon Walker, make it easier for Josh Allen. It'll be easier for Walker. So mm-hmm. I think they can kind of play off each other. No Devin doubt. Lloyd hopefully takes a step up. He started off strong, kind of mm-hmm. fell off a little bit in the second half. But, I mean, he was a rookie last year. So, and then you got expect it. Uh, veteran for I I, I can never Fosaid Olokun, oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the best yeah. tacklers at the linebacker mm-hmm. position. So, you know they got solid pieces there, but yeah, they just got to put it together. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. all it is, no doubt. I mean, we both got you know the Jags winning that AFC South, a little bit shaky. I mean, coming into the season, you will say that maybe the Titans are the only you know chance they have. We'll see with that division what goes on during the season, man. That's going to move us to the NFC South in what is arguably, I think, the worst division in football. I don't think there's an argument, bro. Okay. Well, the worst division in football. And yeah. before just, I even start. I'm, yeah, I'm going to just preface this. I don't have one team with a winning record. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> All under 500. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was looking. Yeah. I was like, each oh, team in the brutal, division man. could beat each other, but it's like, yeah. bro. At that point, there's no doing, like bro? the Jags can like realistically oh, the can sweep team. their division. Like I had them splitting one with the Titans just because you know 
the Titans catch them at home, Mike Vrabel, they're a solid team. But Derek I mean, Henry gets a little stiff arm. Yeah, going. he's always he's gonna kill the Jacks defense. He just does. <laughs> but this oh, NFC yeah. South, man, there is like. I mean, I'm going through the schedule. I'm like, oh, well, they win this game, home game. I'm like, Fuck, just split it, bro. Yeah, like, just that's like, what I kept saying. <laughs> well, there was one team I wasn't really splitting it for, yeah, man. I, th- I think it'll be the same team. Yeah, so, yeah. man, starting off, I kind of like this. This is going to be a fun one to talk about. Fourth place, man. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> and I got them at oh, a 3-14 and 14 record, man. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really write any notes. I mean, you could li- I have one bullet point and I could go off my head it's what Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask I mean it just leave that statement out there and Colin Coward he kind of put it into perspective I think he might have blown it a little out of proportion where he told Baker Mayfield to retire and go be a college football analyst and make seven figures well save his brand and save his face right now because he's not a bad idea like what 28 now He's competing with Kyle Trask for a starting spot, a guy who's drafted later in the draft. UF no one, legend. Yeah, UF legend has a solid college career, man. But Baker Mayfield, Heisman winner, 1-1, <clears throat> had one really good year in Cleveland. He progressed you know, from his rookie year to the playoff year where he kind of balled in his standards and was a game away from going to an AFC title game. How his career changed from that point on, I mean – you know, the whole Odell situation, what happened with there. I mean, it's getting tough for Baker. Nine days of training camp, seven picks or something like that. Pretty insane number for him. I mean, I love the dude. I really do want to see him play good, but at this point in his career, I'm not buying in. You're not getting me. So, you look at that. I mean, they got, what, Rashid White, good, solid back. Um, Mike Evans probably just – Letting his career die down in Tampa. Marquise Goodwin, is he going to be on the field? Who knows? And then you got, you know, the defensive side of the ball is decent, but it's a quarterback-driven league, man. And for them, they could barely win with Tom Brady. I mean, they didn't really win with Tom Brady. They were below 500. So now Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, three-win football team. And their schedule is not the friendliest other than they play their division. So that's it. Yeah, um I'm once again I'm pretty much right there with you, man. I also had the Bucks at three and fourteen coming in at fourth place. Um I believe last week we covered the West. I touched on the Cardinals, how bad they were gonna be. This is the second team I have in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I think they'll be right there. Cause I mean you just you pretty much touched on everything. You covered all there is to cover. I mean, you've seen the headlines. Baker, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Kyle Trask are like in legit, a, like a real QB battle right now. So I mean, that pretty much tells you all you need to know about that position. Um, the weapons, like you touched on a little bit on the older side, they lose Leonard Fournette. He's pretty much you know on his way out of the league. Mike Evans going on year ten nine. He's getting up there. Chris Godwin injuries. He's been banged up. How healthy will he be? Defense going to go through regression a little bit they lost a few players but I mean they're still a solid unit I just think they'll be on the field like majority of the game so their numbers numbers will be pretty skewed they'll be gassed out there getting picked apart by whatever team they're playing so yeah man um you touched on Baker he had that one really good season and 
that was the one season in his career where everything pretty much went exactly perfect for Baker. As soon as he gets injured, as soon as he there was a little adversity or things didn't really go his way, whether it was play calling, you know, the two receivers on the outside demanding the ball, schemes, whatever it was, Baker just didn't really play well. Um, I don't think he'll have a perfect, you know, roster and everything around him in Tampa. Not com- no, because this team's nowhere near as good as that Cleveland team was. So, yeah, three wins. Hopefully, we get Caleb Williams in the Sunshine State. That'd be fun. What is that gonna go make you see a Bucks game? No, but I mean, <laughs> he'll be in Florida. It'll be cool. I mean, it's sunny, just like USC, man. So that's a selling point. But I don't think there's any selling points needed. It's whoever tanks the most this year. <laughs> but on the other hand, we talked about the Cardinals. At least they got a young, decently young quarterback that is probably better than, you know, Baker and his OU alum. Well, yeah, but, I mean, if the Cardinals haven't won a game before Kyler comes back, I'd pretty sure they just shut him down and try to get Caleb and ship him off. I, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, Caleb Williams is, you know, I he's I – mean, we'll talk about it, you know, as the season goes on, but he's better than Kyler. <laughs> like, I mean, he just is what it is. Yeah. Um. Number three, man, I got the Atlanta Falcons, and they're not coming in too much hotter than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. I got them 4-13, and 13, dog. I mean, the running back room is strong, you know. You got Tyler Algier had a solid year. Cordero Patterson, and you draft B. John Robinson. That's a great running back room, possibly three-headed monster. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, those are their outside weapons. But are we really buying into this quarterback situation at all? I mean, I'm not. They went out and got some defensive help. Bud Dupree, Jeff Okuda, pair him with A.J. Terrell now. You signed Jesse Bates, veteran safety. So defense is solid. Question is, man, I don't see a quarterback on the depth chart that could throw the football. I think who's their backup over there? Two. I mean, uh, Mariota just left, so I have no clue. Um, let me take a quick look at the Falcons. It's gonna be a, just a nah. Name. I remember seeing the name earlier, and I just it's Taylor Heineke. So there you go a name. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll end up seeing Heineke over Ritter at some point this year. But when your wide receiver, two is Matt Collins. He's got Scotty Miller on the inside. I mean, what? We saw Desmond Ritter. I don't think he threw the ball more than like 20 times a game last year. So the question is, I don't think the Falcons buy into Ritter too much. I mean, he threw two touchdowns last year for 708 um, and 115 attempts. Didn't throw a pick, but... Once again, I think he was just throwing those short little passes. The Falcons, the defense solid, but kind of like the Bucks. You know, if that run game doesn't get going, Ritter doesn't get going, they're going to be on the field for a very long time every game. So I got them with four wins. Could they squeeze out five, maybe six? Yeah, I mean, they did it last year running the football. But it's just going to be hard. Yeah, I got the Falcons coming in up. Uh, third place as well. I guess I'm a little higher, five and twelve, <laughs> big deal. Well, you pretty much. I mean, we're just on the same page today. I guess we like are just you know seeing the same things. But yeah, I like you mentioned. I don't think Desmond Ritter is really going to be the answer, and I don't think he'll really get the opportunity to show that he's the answer just based on this scheme. Like you mentioned, 
They got three very capable running backs on that roster. Algier, he was a really, really solid option last year. Cordell Patterson, we know what he can do in the passing game, get him out in space in the backfield as well. And then B. John Robinson, they're saying he's the best, you know, running back prospect since Saquon Barkley took him in the top 10. So, you know, the Falcons are going to really, really look to utilize him. I mean, if there's a team, if you want to bet like on a prop or a season long bet or whatever, to have the most rushing attempts in the league, Falcons are probably the favorite, the heavy favorite. So, I don't know if putting any money on them will win you anything, yeah, but like minus six hundred <laughs> or something. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll lead the league in rushing attempts. They got three very capable backs in that scheme. Coming over Arthur Smith from Tennessee, you know they just want to run the ball like they did with Derrick Henry. But yeah, you mentioned I like the young weapons. Drake London, Kyle Pitts are really really good talents. I just don't think you'll get to see them, you know, be on full display in this offense. Defense, it's solid. You mentioned they made a, a few nice pickups. They're also a little young in certain spots. I think they can improve, but like you mentioned, man, it's a quarterback-driven league. When it comes down to the quarterback and the way the Falcons play football, they got a good online line to just run the ball and hand it off and just be content with whatever result they get. So I got them at 5-12. and 12. A lot of three and outs I'm seeing this year for the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, and probably running the ball in all three downs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of three down, in third place. I got the Carolina Panthers, man. They were in the Bryce Young sweepstakes. You know, who were they going to take in the draft and end up going with Bryce Young out of Alabama? Questions about, you know, his height, obviously, coming into the league. They got a young QB. They had Miles Sanders after his best year in Philadelphia last season. Chuba Hubbard still there, always been a solid, you know, little backup. They bring in a veteran, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. They get Lavishka Chenault, Terrence Marshall, so wide receiver core, it's all right for Bryce Young. They get Thielen to come help. DJ Chark probably coming off one of his better years as well. Defensively, Brian Burns, you know, maybe an underrated pass rush, sometimes overlooked. They got Derrick Brown, Shaq Thompson. Defense is all right as well. So, you know, kind of average all around. Bryce Young, young quarterback, probably going to make some mistakes, growing pains year one. We expect that. But, you know, adding this nice core around him just to kind of build on his potential, I think that's what this year is about right now. So 7-10, and 10, you know, you squeeze in, maybe compete for that first place spot. You have a chance with the record, I'm going to say, for, you know, the next team, and I'm sure whatever. But 7-10, and 10, Bryce Young, future could be bright in Carolina after, you know, they sold out their players and they kind of restarted. Brian Burns, a nice key piece on defense. So, 7-10, and 10, I think that's a solid pick for the Panthers this year. Yeah, once again, I think we're pretty much in the same boat when it comes to the two teams we have left. So, I'm going to just piggyback off of the Panthers with what you said. I have the Panthers coming in at 8-9 and nine, along with the Saints at 8-9. and nine. So, I got them both with the same record. I just got the Panthers winning the division just because, I mean, I like the upside of Bryce Young. So, Picking back off of you with the Panthers, I got them coming in first in this division. Um, Bryce Young, he was, you know, consensus best prospect in the draft coming into this year. And you, like you mentioned, outside of, like, size, he has pretty much everything you would want from a quarterback in today's NFL. He's mobile. <clears throat> he has elite processing, and I think that was the main thing. You know, his feel for the game is what was the re- main reason he went number one. 
and you mentioned they got some solid weapons, man. Miles Sanders, some veterans in that receiving room. That'll definitely help Bryce Young, you know, progress his game throughout the season. Adam Thielen, he's been, you know, one of the best receivers in the league at one point in his career. Touchdown machine. DJ Chark, speedy, deep threat receiver. So there's some talent on the outside for this roster. And I think it'll really help Bryce Young. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. I'm a little bit higher on their defense. You know, behind Brian Burns, he's a great pass rusher. J.C. Horn coming into his third year. A really, really, really good corner lockdown on the outside. I mean, I just think this team around Bryce Young, I don't think it'll be anything special, especially considering this division. I don't have them being over 500, but I think they can definitely win about eight, maybe nine games if they get a lucky bounce. And I think they can be, you know, competitive for that. Well, they'll be in the playoffs if they win, so I don't know if they'll win a playoff game. But if we see Bryce Young develop and come in as good as we think, I think he could definitely be the best quarterback in this division, and I think he can lead the Panthers to a division win his rookie year. I'll I'll just let you go ahead and talk about the Saints in second. But before you do, uh, J.C. Horn, man, uh, I'm sorry. I forgot all about you on that defensive side <laughs> of the ball. He is one of the better young corners. But go ahead with your number two in the division. Yeah, and then the Saints, man. I mean, when you look at this roster, there's a lot of nice pieces there, but just nothing, you know, over the top that makes you go like, man, I really, really like this team. Whereas when you look at Bryce Young, if you think of, you know, what he could develop into is like he could possibly possibly be a top 12, 10 quarterback in this league at one point in his career. Whereas when you look at the Saints, you pretty much know what they are. Derek Carr coming over, I think is a big upgrade at the quarterback position from last year, considering who they were throwing out there during the season. Mm-hmm. Finally, don't have to worry about Taysom Hill being, you know, the wildcat running back, tight end, quarterback, gadget, whatever he's still there, he man. Is. You might see him. I don't think you will with Derek Carr there. <laughs> they have, finally have sta- stability at the quarterback position. But, I mean, when you look at the weapons, Chris Olave, one of the best young receivers in the league, had a really, really good year last year. Can he stay healthy on the field? Michael Thomas, hopefully, he'll be back healthy. That, you know, Ohio State wide receiver duo. Kamara just came in, I think, yesterday or a few days ago. He got, you know, little three-game suspension. So, he'll be there for majority of the season. Solid online. The defense, I think, is what will really, really help this team win games. A lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. You got Marshawn Lattimore, lockdown corner. Cam Jordan, who's always been a solid, solid Dean lineman. And then... Demario Davis, who's consistently been one of the best middle linebackers in this league, especially with this schedule, I think the Saints' defense can be really solid. And I think Derek Carr and the offense can do enough to win a few games, but just no real high-end talent. And I think it's a solid roster, so I got them at 8 and 9. Like I mentioned with the Panthers, maybe 9 and 8, but pretty much know what the Saints are at this point. Yeah, I got them 8 and 9 as well, but I got them winning this division you, I mean, I could, yeah, they could yeah. easily win it. Yeah. But, so, I, in my notes, I put Michael Thomas followed by four question marks. Like, yeah, what, what you know, Michael Thomas, obviously, when he was on the field, one of the most talented, top five, you know, you could call him even the best at some point during his career, during that season. And it's like, yeah, you could say slant boy Thomas, but he was getting after it on the field, man. He was one of the better receivers in this league. You know, Derek Carr, new team. We know what he is. You mentioned it. Chris Olave, year two, kind of excited for that. Defensive side of the ball, you touched on it. Cam Jordan, Lattimore, those have been the cornerstones 
of that defensive side of the ball for the past, you know, five years maybe. Um, Demario Davis always seems to be there no matter the age at this point. Honey yeah. Badger. Um I even mention him, yes. Marcus May as well. They added in the safety group. That safety Veterans. group. Yeah, if you said five years ago, that might have been one of the most elite <laughs> safety rooms Thanks. in the league. But, you know, two veteran presidents, SEC dogs out there. Um, so I think they're going to be solid on that defensive side of the ball for sure. If Derek Carr takes care of the football, mm-hmm. it'd be a better season for the Saints. And Kamara suspended three games. They got touchdown boy Jamal Williams over there. So, you I'm know, scoring. he's, yeah, he's going to be getting his touchdowns. Or touches, he's hoping, near the red zone again, probably. But, you know, he's a solid running back. Always been overshadowed as, you know, the number two guy his whole career, kind of. So, he's going to get three games to do it on his own. Solid running back. But the Saints, they're just a solid team, you know. They're not, yeah. like... Nothing flashy. Yeah. You know what they are. So, I see them 8-9 and nine winning the South, man. And then you know what? You get to the playoffs, who knows what happens. Eli Manning's won a Super Bowl, so <laughs> why not Especially Derek Carr? in the NFC, man. Yeah, Especially exactly. Especially I, mean, I mean, we'll probably get into that later in the year, man. But 89 for the Saints, division winners. And, I mean, we're pretty much on the same page throughout this this episode, man. Yeah, so. the South was, yeah. There's some better football out there to watch. No doubt, man. No doubt. <laughs> But that's going to wrap up, man, our NFL divisional previews. So we did today the South for AFC and NFC. And obviously, previous weeks, we covered all of those, man. So that knocks us out. We still got a month left of the season, man. We'll be doing some more talks, maybe awards, predictions, stuff like that. But for right now, man, we got the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. Bless you. Thanks. Um... What do you want to do? Like last week, start from ten, or you want to start at the top this time? How do you? I said, I say we start from ten. I mean, we kind of start know. from ten. Okay, what, what? Are, is there going to be another Patrick Mahomes consensus? Is there really much to say about number one? No, we just wanna... say Jay Jets is number one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at this point, it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so Jay Jets at one. Okay, so then we'll start with the ten through two. All right, you want to start? You want me to start? I'll let I'll let you go because. All right. Um. <sighs> I'm gonna, making this list. Did you think it was easier or harder than the quarterbacks list? I think getting back to like number ten. Yeah. Like, like I would say eight through ten was a little bit of tough, tough task. Seeing like that mm-hmm. ten, you know, because there's a lot of guys you could put in there. But I was just thinking about you know this year what they could produce and you know the talent that they have, kind of going into it. So I thought it was a little harder on that that back end of the list yeah there was definitely a few more names because last week i was like i only had like two names i was thinking like golf and um geno smith for the receivers there was a handful of names where if you said this name i'm like I can i'm see not mad it. yeah, yeah. Like, i can see it like there's a couple guys there's a few put, of them yeah. yeah but um at number 10 i got dk metcalf so his second year with Geno Smith, we saw how good Geno could be. And for a lot of these rankings, it was, you know, how good their quarterback can be to project their season and how good they are as a player. DK Metcalf, he's been in the league for, you know, a few seasons now. We know what he is, an athletic freak that can run by you. He can out-jump you, and he can out-muscle you. He can win on any level. Geno's, like I mentioned, Geno Smith, another year in that system. 
Another year to get more comfortable. DK bringing in JSN. Now that they have three legitimate weapons, I think it'll definitely help out DK because, you know, you can't just leave Tyler Lockett. You can't just leave JSN. Those guys need attention too. So hopefully it'll make the matchup a little bit easier for DK Metcalf. But consistent top talent. We know what he is athletically. And I think, you know, he had a quiet year last year. The last couple of years he's been up and down, been banged up a little bit. But I think DK Metcalf gets back on track. With a little more stability in that Seattle offense this year. And I think he has a top 10 year this year and is a top 10 receiver. Yeah, so I, I thought about that boy DK at that 10 spot. But, you know, I, I'm kind of going to a guy that had a little bit quieter year last year than he did previously. Number 10, I'm going Debo Samuel. Um, we saw we could, what he can do passing in the passing game and the running game two years ago now. Had a little bit of a quieter year. He admitted he was kind of out of shape. He said, I'm back and I'm feeling like the best you know version of myself in a long time. So expecting that big bounce back year from Debo Samuel and that San Fran offense. Who right now, I mean, they got it kind of solidified. Like Brock Purdy is going to be our guy to start. No question of Jimmy G's Brock Purdy and then, you know, Trey Lance as well. So Debo's gadget player, we know he's going to touch the football. His impact on the field is so big for that Niners offense. And, you know, just like DK, there's weapons around him, but I still think he's going to get his amount of touches. So I got Debo coming in at 10. Yeah, I'm, Debo was also a name I looked at. I just went with, you know, the other few guys over him. Just because, like, looking at receivers, I'm thinking, you know, like route running, you know, receiving ability and all that stuff. And I think these guys are better than Debo, but Debo offers so much more, you know, versatility after the catch, more ball in his hands rather than, you know, creating separation and route running and getting open downfield. But, I mean, like I said, you got Debo Samuel at number 10. I'm not arguing it. Debo Samuel is a, a great talent in the NFL. So at number nine, you know, last week doing the top quarterbacks, had a Detroit Lion, just missed the list. But now I got one just making the list with Amara St. Brown. Um, Coming into his third year, re- young guy, super, super talented. He's more of that, you know, in between the numbers, middle of the field slot. He's going to get he's going to have over 100 receptions. He's going to get all the targets. The yards are going to be there. Amara St. Brown is like the classic chain-moving receiver. Really, really good at the catch point. You know, nothing crazy athletic-wise. He doesn't wow you with his speed or jumping ability, but it's just always a solid, solid option. And, you know, is one of the reasons Jared Goff has looked so good in Detroit is because Amon Ross St. Brown is such a good separator, really good at, you know, finding the open space in the field, beating zones, and just getting open whenever they need a big play. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to continue to grow and continue to have a really good season, build off of the really good season last year, excuse me, and be a top 10 receiver. I really messed with that pick at the at the nine, man. I didn't get Amon Ra on my list, but I love him as a player. I think he's a great talent. And hopefully next year I'll be able to put him on my list a little bit higher. But number nine, man, we just talked about this guy today, man. Agent receiver and Mike Evans, who I got at my nine spot. Mm. And that's, he's just been Mr. Consistent since coming in the league in 2014. Always finds a way to reach that 1,000-yard receiving mark. Even with the injuries yeah. he battles, he goes out there, he competes. One of the big, tall wide receivers on the outside now. Question mark at QB, obviously. Made me hesitant, want to put him on this list, but 
Mike Evans has seen it all, the goods, the greats, the bads, and he's found a way each and every year to go out there and be one of the top receivers in this league. So I think he'll find another way to do it this year. If he stays healthy, he's going to be up there in terms of receivers. I mean, he's just the guy that could do it all. Mike Evans, I got him at the nine. Yeah, not a bad pick. A 1,000 yards in every single one of his seasons so far. Uh, Crazy stat. Like you mentioned, no matter who they put back at quarterback, he just seems to be productive. So that's a that's a decent name. I'm not mad at it. Um, coming in at number eight, some might say is um, rivalry bias, but this guy is someone that you know last year kind of had question marks, kind of had the talent to be a number one receiver, but we saw him jump and actually become that number one solidify outside receiver and that's cd lamb cd lamb has all the talent that you would want in your number one receiver you can line him up on the outside you can line him up in the slot really doesn't matter where he's at you saw last year with the injuries to michael gallup kind of a weaker receiving room dak leaned on cd heavily and he was able to deliver a really really good talent in that offense we might see it take a step back you know Kellen moore is gone so not too sure if he'll put up the same numbers as he did last year, but in terms of someone on the outside who can, you know, just create separation, get open, make the big play anyway, anywhere on the field. Excuse me. CeeDee Lamb has got to be up there. So as an Eagle fan, probably, you know, the player I dislike the least on the Cowboys. I like CeeDee Lamb. He's a good player. I wanted the Eagles to draft him in 2020, but I couldn't get to him. <laughs> We won't talk um, about that draft. So, I already know you're not going to like the way the rest of my list. But that's, listen, no bias number eight. I just got CD. I mean, you touched on it. So, we can just kind of move on. I got CD at that eight spot as well. You could go ahead and take seven. All right. Number seven, I have a player who was kind of forgotten last year was in a weird situation, but when him and his quarterback are healthy, they're the number one duo in the league, and I got Cooper Cup. Um, we saw what he did a few years ago, a little triple crown action. Matthew Stafford, we talked about you know him throwing to other players on the team, and it just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. Cooper Cup, when he's healthy, when he's on that field with Matthew Stafford, is just going to dominate the game, route running, You know, he's really, really quick off the line of scrimmage in those tight spaces, catches everything. Only real questions with Cooper Cup is durability. Getting up there a little bit in age, but um, number one receiver, gets all the targets, all the volume, catches everything, scores a touchdown or two like every single game. If he's on the field, Cooper Cup is going to dominate. So I got him at number seven. So, yeah, he played nine games last year. And had 812 yards, six touchdowns, 75 receptions. And you mentioned he was kind of lost. So, you know, I didn't have him at seven. Now, here's where I decided to shake things up a little bit. I got your boy, A.J. Brown. I got him coming in at that number seven mark. Now, can he be higher for sure? We saw him dominate last year. We saw him ball. But when Cooper Cup's on that field, the fact is Cooper Cup is probably a top three wide receiver, if not one of the best. Like, So, A.J. Brown, you know, he's Mr. Consistent, kind of like Mike Evans. I got him at that seven. Expect another big year out of him. 
paired up with Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts only getting better. I wanted him, you know, maybe a little bit higher on this list, but I, I just couldn't put him there just quite yet just because, you know, we've seen him in Tennessee be good in the situation and system not really play to him. And last year we finally got to see him be really great. So I want to see him take that another step this year and continue it, and he might be rising on the list. But for now, I got A.J. Brown at seven. Yeah, um, shocker. I'm higher on A.J. Brown. But we'll get to that. Uh, number six. Um, This player, it just felt weird to have him rated this low. But when I just look at the names above him, I'm like, ah, is it... Like, I don't think I would take him over these players. But number six, I got Stefan Diggs. I think Diggs is one of the best route runners. Like, just one of the best pure separators at the wide receiver position. You know, the stuff during the offseason worries me a little bit. Not too sure why he's stuck on, you know, a playoff game five months later when that's kind of like in the past. So Time to get ready on the next season. All you could think about, though, man, whole offseason, just to sit there and just think about that one moment, man. Yeah, or you can, you know, go in and build for it towards next season, getting kicked out of camp. Like, clearly it's something there. Head coach came out and said it was something like that they're worried about. But So I got some concerns in terms of, you know, on-the-field stuff with Diggs and that team, but... In terms of just a pure talent, I mean, Diggs has been consistent the last few years, especially once he got to Buffalo. Him and Josh Allen, that duo, he just elevated pretty much both of their careers. They both seem like to be the perfect fit for each other. The route running, the hands, the releases, separation. Stefan Diggs has it all, but I got him at number six. Number six, man, I got that boy Cooper Cup, man. You just touched on him. I mean, route runner, just skilled, single-handedly, him and Matthew Stafford, you know, after Odell went down in that Super Bowl, which Odell was having, you know, the game of his career and kind of legacy game almost, if you will, and he went down with that terrible knee injury, torn ACL, whatever. Last drive of the game, I mean, the Rams, they couldn't move the ball at all. Who do they go to? Cooper Cup. Who do they go to? Cooper Cup. It's just Cooper Cup every play. And he got into the end zone, and he rightfully deserved. I think he won MVP that year in the Super Bowl. I mean, this dude, when he's on the field, I mentioned nine games, 800 yards receiving or whatever. So you put him in that category of him playing 16, 17 games. I mean, this is the dude that broke records in this league. and One of the most talented, finds the end zone, is quick. He can do it all. He can go deep. He can run across the middle. He's... He can run any type of route you really want from Cooper Cup. I got him at the six just because of that question of the health. And if he can stay on the field has always been the biggest question with him. So I got Cooper Cup Cooper Cup coming in at six. Yeah. Uh, so we get into the top five. And at number five, I got A.J. Brown. Now, you, you touched on him, and I agree with everything you said. But, you know, watching the Philadelphia Eagles last year, every single game, watching all the offensive snaps and everything, you know, that they were doing, A.J. Brown was just a different, like, he was a different player on that Eagles team. 
Um, when I think about AJ Brown last year, the main thing that comes to my mind is the Steelers game and the Titan game. And you know, in the Titans game, he literally scores a touchdown. It gets called back. In the very next play, Jalen Hurd just goes, "Whatever." It's AJ Brown's over there. Throw it up to him again. <laughs> he comes down with it against the Steelers. I mean, double coverage. It doesn't matter. You saw the play after. He's pointing at the receivers. I think this this past season, we really saw the Philadelphia Eagles and that offense unlock AJ Brown and see him become a true three level receiver. Because you mentioned in Tennessee, he was a really good option, but it was always him, you know, catching those little slants from Tannehill and then breaking it for 70 yards. It was always run after catch for him in Tennessee, whereas he comes to Philadelphia and pretty much throughout the season, Jalen Hurts just turned him into a deep threat. All of his catches were deep down the field. Jalen Hurts only touchdown throw in the Super Bowl, deep down the field to A.J. Brown. What he's able to do you know, down the field, jump ball, dominate these defensive backs physically is just, you know, he might be the best at that in terms of a physical presence going up and getting the football, still gets it done on the slant routes in the intermediate. But I mean, listen, I met AJ Brown. I've seen him in person when these guys talk about how, you know, physically dominant he is it's true like I'm a solid like 6'1 maybe 6'2 on a good day I had my basketball shoes on we were hooping (laughs) and AJ Brown was like clearly bigger than me he had he's a solid 6'2 maybe 6'3 and he's definitely jacked so I mean in terms of lining up and guarding AJ Brown physically it's got to be one of the toughest things to do in the league great receiver great connection with Jalen Hurts kind of along the same lines of Diggs and Allen where when they linked up, they both elevated, you know, Hurts and Brown elevated each other's career. And I think, you know, we continue to see top five production from A.J. Brown this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, You mentioned Diggs. I mean, Diggs was, you know, good, obviously. Quarterback play came into that in Minnesota and whatnot. Yeah, but we didn't see Diggs take that elite, elite step until he be, when he went in Buffalo with Josh Allen and he had a, a better quarterback. Yep. He was always a good, solid receiver. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe on the outside looking in top 10, maybe on the back end, but never. Yeah. Never up there in conversation. Now, this is where, I mean, I know I might have offended you on the list, but now this is where I might offend all these diehard Jamar Chase stands because I got him at the number five spot, man. And I watched the Bengals, you know, at least twice a year. I watched them more. They played the Dolphins last year. And. Jamar Chase, man, he talks a lot of, you know, he went on the podcast, man, said he hates the Browns, he hates playing them, they talk a lot. Well, maybe because Denzel Ward takes a 101-yard pick six against you because you can't run your route. Uh, But Jamar Chase, nonetheless, me, stop hating. Very talented receiver. I mean, just like the rest of these guys, he can go get it at all levels, man. Coming into the league was – a great receiver, and he's only become better. You pair him up on the outside, T. Higgins, that wide receiver core, the Joe Burrow connection, it only continues to get better. He is, you know, up there with the most talented players. I just, number five, I think that's the correct spot for Jamar Chase. I mean, I looked up his stats against the Browns, and I think it was three games. He's under 200 yards. So, you know, maybe it's just because when I watch him with my own eyes, and, you know, the actual game film, the one game where he actually did well, it wasn't 
it wasn't him doing well. It was lack of defense. But, yeah. I, I mean, nonetheless, man, really good receiver. Hats off to Jamar Chase. But I, I got him at the number five, man. So, you know, spoiler, I'm higher on Jamar Chase than you are. But where I will give you credit in terms of, you know, looking at these names in the top five, I do think he is the most volatile in terms of boom or bust, whereas I can see Jamar Chase being the number one receiver, and I can also see him falling outside of his top five. So you got him at number five, a little lower. I'm not mad at it. I just personally have him a little higher. I get it. At number four, I have Tyreek Hill. Now, in terms of speed, athletic ability, you know, just being able to run by people and create the big play, Tyreek Hill is the best in the league at that. I mean, that Ravens game, there's a few games this season where Tyreek Hill is catching passes and it's like, are they doing seven-on-seven drills? Like, is this routes on air? Where's the defense at? There's no one near him. You know, the jokes, Tua's underthrowing him. Doesn't matter. He's 10 yards away from every other defender on the field. So, I mean, you can underthrow him by five yards and he'll still catch the ball and go score. I don't think anyone can overthrow Tyreek Hill. He's just that dynamic of an athlete. And, you know, he's had he's put up his best numbers so far in his career in Miami, I think in terms of receptions and I want to say yards, I think he had the most in Miami, his best year yet coming over in that offense. McDaniels run. He's to his number one read and he's to his last read. He's always going <laughs> to he's just going to get the ball. He's going to demand that tar- the targets. He's going to get the volume because he's Tyreek Hill, the fastest, the most explosive player in the league. So I got him at number four. Tyreek Hill is a great, great receiver. Yeah. Um, spoiler, yeah. I'm a little higher on Tyreek Hill. I figured. Uh, number four, man, I got another guy who, you know, team I don't really like. And you mentioned the question marks of, you know, the concerns of what he said in the media with Stephon Diggs. But, you know, other than that, football-wise, his ability to route run his hands and just being able to catch passes is up there with the most elite. We've seen him do it, and, you know, I mean, he has a he kind of had a point, but that's not what you go out and say and kind of throw a fit uh, the way he did. But they do have the weapons. They have the talent. They have whatever, the defense, and it, it really hasn't worked. But, I mean, on the other side of that, you're on the other, other side of Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, you could go as far as say is Patrick Mahomes is the reason, uh, not really – you and your team, but I mean, they were 13 seconds away from beating Mahomes finally. But Diggs, he's up there. Yeah, I see Chase doing better than Diggs, but I just think Diggs is more of a a clean uh, player inside. You know what you're gonna get. Will he be number three? Probably not. But can Jamar Chase be three? Yeah, but his floor is also lower, like we said. So I got I got Stefan Diggs coming in at that four spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at it. And like I, we mentioned, I mean, Diggs complaining about, you know, him not getting the ball enough, his targets. He had over 150 targets, 100 receptions. So he's getting the looks. He's getting the ball. It's just like you mentioned. Just when you're losing, everything gets – He makes everyone mad, bro. Yeah, it's tough. So top three coming in at number three. I got Jamar Chase, man. Like I mentioned, 
I think he has the most, you know, movement out of these top five players in the list. And you have him a little on the lower side. I got him a little on the higher side. So I think Jamar Chase, talent-wise, he pretty much has everything. He can win anywhere on the field. But I think the biggest thing that helps Jamar Chase right now in his career is playing with Joe Burrow, his college quarterback. Now, I do believe Jamar Chase, with his talent, he would be a great receiver on any team. But having that built-in chemistry with his college quarterback coming into the NFL to where there was really no learning curves or hurdles for him to get on page with his quarterback, I mean, they go in week one, Joe Burrow has the utmost trust and confidence in Jamar Chase, and you get to see that on display time and time again. We saw it in the playoffs against the Chiefs last year. Bengals were down. Who does Joe Burrow go to on third or fourth down? Jamar Chase throws it up into double coverage. He comes down with the ball. Joe Burrow believes in this guy, and the talent, and the numbers prove. Injuries, he's been a little bit banged up last year, but when Jamar Chase is fully healthy, I mean, there's pretty much nothing he can't do on the football field. Yeah, and for my number three, man, I kind of put him at three just because of his team's situation. Now, this guy, very talented, probably the best route runner in the NFL in Devontae Adams, man, over there in Las Vegas. I think his production, you know, is taking a hit last year and then this year as well. But you can't deny his skill and his ability uh, to beat DBs off the line of scrimmage. And uh, you mentioned, like, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, a very complete receiver, gets it done on every level of the field. It, it's just that QB play comes into play. That QB play is a huge factor for me. Yeah. So, you know, at number two, I got Devontae Adams. Um, You mentioned – I st- – I, still believe he's the best just route runner in the league like watching Devontae Adams highlights and clips and stuff it's like you're watching a different position like on the football field like the way he moves and the way he separates and just everything he does is so different from everyone else and he does it at such an elite high level and last year we got to see another aspect of his game where he was already a top receiver in this league. And then he goes to Oakland and adds another element to his game. And I believe last year he had the highest, you know, um, <clears throat> death per target or death per reception in his career playing in Vegas with Derek Carr. When he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, it was more of the volume, quick slants. Aaron Rodgers would hit him over top a lot of the times, but he was more of that we need to play. We need a first down. We need a quick reception. Rodgers with that quick release, just get the ball into Devontae Adams' hands and let him work. Whereas in Oakland last year, I mean, he's catching 20-yard touchdowns. He's catching bombs everywhere, beating guys after the catch, routing people up, making them like go like 20 yards away from <laughs> him. That one play against the Chargers last year when he ran that post corner and the fucking Dude. defenders like doing a 360 and Adams is like toe-tapping on the <laughs> sideline like – it just his separation, his release, everything he does on the football field is, if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson, I think he'd be the best receiver. So, I mean, I'm a big Devontae Adams fan. I love what he does on the field, and I think he's the number two receiver in the league. No, no doubt. I mean, you touched on it perfectly. But I think we all know who I got too, man. That's the cheetah man, Tyreek Kill. You talked about it, that Ravens game where he was just behind the defense. Now, Devontae, 
obviously you have to game plan for him, but when you go into a game against Tyreek Hill, it's a whole different type of game plan for defensive coordinators, man. And just that you think you're high enough for Tyreek Hill, you're probably not anyways. So if you're willing to send that blitz, you got to make sure it gets there. Otherwise, he's going to be behind your defenders in no time. And obviously, one of the best deep ball guys. But I was very impressed with watching his hands, you know, and his ability to catch kind of balls in traffic this year or the past year. He did a good job there. And underneath, I mean, obviously utilized with his speed. You get him out in open field. Whole different breed as well. And honestly, before the two injury, probably would have been the league's leading receiver, if not for it, last year as well. So coming in a year two with Tua, both of them stay healthy. Big things for this duo. I mean, definitely the most electric to watch on the field when it comes to almost any position. Just his raw speed. It, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Tyreek Hill. Explosive athlete, fastest player in the league. And then, I mean, we'll just touch on it. Justin Jefferson at number one. I mean, not really much else to say other than every year, whenever he finishes the season, it's like, oh, Justin Jefferson, all-time leader at blank through blank years. Like, it's always that. So, I mean, he could just continue to... Be amazing, set records, the volume, the production, receptions, yards, touchdowns, everything. Justin Jefferson can do it all. Most all-around complete receiver at number one. Yeah, J-Jets won, man. I, I don't need to say anything. Probably probably going to do it again this year. Yeah, probably. Him and Kirk. So, I mean, unanimous one at the positions. I don't think we'll have that if we do running back, so that's for sure. Or, Running like, backs be, yeah. any other position than, like, tight end, maybe, or something like that. Mm, I think tight end is... No, that's what I'm saying. That's unanimous. Yeah. But, uh, like, other than that, it kind of, like, shakes up almost yeah, every tight position. Tight end, receiver, and quarterback, I think, are... Unanimous. Pretty much that. And two of them I mean, for the us, team. I would say running backs, too, just because I know... I think we both have the number one <laughs> running back, but... Well, I, I, like, I like your answer. We'll save that for the episode, though, man. Yeah. Um, That rounds out our top ten... Wide receivers of the NFL 2023 Yeah, you want to just run it back? Just yeah, go ahead. In? Yeah, all right. So, top 10 receivers at one. I got Justin Jefferson, two, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase at three, Tyreek Hill at number four, A.J. Brown at five, six. We got Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup at seven, C.D. Lamb number eight, Amon Ross St. Brown at nine, and D.K. Metcalf rounding out the top 10. Yeah, for number one, I got Jay Jets. Two, Tyreek Hill. Three, Devontae Adams. Four, Stephon Diggs. Number five, Jamar Chase. Six, Cooper Cup. Seven, your boy A.J. Brown. Eight, C.D. Lamb. Nine, Mr. Consistent Mike Evans. And ten, Debo Samuel rounding out my top ten NFL wide receivers for the 2023 season, man. I will probably say out of all the position groups, right now receivers the deepest. Oh, yeah, I mean. Like, at 10, you could have said, like, bro, you could have put, like, I, I could have put Wilson. Yeah, I, I could have put, put Jalen Waddle, Waddle, even Smitty. Devontae key. Smith. I mean, like, do you want to argue T. Higgins? There's an argument. I wouldn't agree, really. Maybe, but you maybe can like argue 14, it. T. Higgins. Yeah, I mean, like, somebody, you might have them up there. Like, it's a, it's a lot of good receivers, man. No, I was a looking at them. a bunch of different lists, and they all had a bunch yeah. of different guys, and I'm like. 
dude, I just mm-hmm. got to go with what what I'm feeling like today. <laughs> yeah, it's like tomorrow a different. There'll be a different top soon. Yeah, you might have put. You might have convinced me if you thrown DK highlights from two years ago on the screen. I'd be like, oh, that's a top ten receiver right yeah. there. No doubt, man. No doubt. That rounds out episode 51, man. You got any last comments, takes, anything you want to get off your chest? No, man. The countdown begins one month away. T-minus. Well, I don't know if it's 30 or 31 days, but we're exactly a month away. September 7th, man. Thursday night football. Chiefs-Lions, man. So, Lions, Hard Knocks team this year, right? This is the Jets. They were last year, year. yeah. Um, Funny enough, I think that previews today, Hard Knocks, comes out today. Oh, it does? Yeah. If you want to watch the New York media yeah, shove I think, the Jets down out of the throat even more. Yeah, I think we get that. Yeah, enough. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to wrap up episode 51, AFC-NFC South Division Preview, Top 10 Wide Receiver, um, Goal to Go pod on tiktok man like comment share go to go youtube apple music or apple podcast spotify all the streaming platforms as well if you're tuning in on the go youtube man like comment subscribe and share until next week man one week closer to the start of the nfl season man we'll catch y'all peace peace